Welcome back to the Magic Story Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your other host, Harless. This is the podcast where we recap the fiction story of Magic the Gathering and add our own bits of flavor text as we go. We are in season four, which follows the epic story of March of the Machine. Today, we're diving into episode two of the main story called Holding Your Breath by K. Arsenault Rivera. Join us as we head into the multiverse. So I just have to say, after reading the last episode, this season has already given me chills and I cannot wait to dive into this episode today. But also, full disclosure, I'm a little bit scared. I'm with you. So if you missed last episode or just need a refresher of what we went through in episode one of the main story, we were behind Elish Norn's perspective in the first episode of March of the Machine. And Kaya, Kaito, and Tyvar were our surviving planeswalkers being held captive by Nahiri. We witnessed a lot of things last episode, including the beheading of Shieldred, the big bad from Dominaria United. We also saw that Nyssa can wield the Realm Breaker, and Elish Norn was referring to her Phyrexianized planeswalkers who are now on her side as Evangels. And one of these Evangels was Nahiri, and she was instructed to return to her home plane of Zendikar. Another one was Tamiyo, and she was instructed to return to her home plane of Kamigawa. Another evangel was Ajani, and his task was to bring the gods of Theros into the Phyrexian fold. So they No big deal. No big deal. Just the gods of Theros. So we have all of these Phyrexianized planeswalkers that are beginning the essentially the assault on the multiverse on multiple planes at once. And Kaya, Kaito, and Tyvar were kind of almost set free by Elish Norn. They were able to escape by the very end of the episode, and that's where we left off. We begin this episode with Chandra Nalar. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen Chandra. We saw her briefly last season, right before the attack on Urza's tower. She was grieving the loss of Jaya, who was her mentor. Now, Chandra has red hair, like me. Her eyes can glow a fiery orange when she utilizes her powerful fire magic, also like me, just kidding, I wish. And I think fire really sums up Chandra's personality too. She's hot-headed, she's fueled by adrenaline, she's never afraid to just dive straight into the fray of danger. And she hates waiting, which is what she's forced to do at the beginning of this episode, wait. Chandra's waiting to hear any sort of news about the Planeswalker's assault on New Phyrexia which we had seen completely spiral from bad to worse last season. But Chandra doesn't know any of this because she wasn't with them. So she's waiting in the backwoods of Dominaria at a place called Vess Manor, which is very remote and heavily protected with wards with three other planeswalkers, Renan Seven, Vivian, and Liliana. Renan Seven we'd seen before. Ren is a dryad, and she fought alongside Nyssa during the attack on Urza's tower. Vivian we also saw briefly last season. She's the green-aligned bow wielder who can summon the spirits of animals. But Liliana? I think this is the first time we're seeing her on this podcast, right? I think you're right. And that is just bananas because like Jace, Liliana is another face of Magic the Gathering. She's often showcased or spotlit. She's a white woman with black hair and she has these 
purple tattoos all over her. If you've ever seen her, which I bet you have if you know magic at all, that is Liliana. So Natalie, for those of us who don't know who Liliana is, would you give us a quick background? Yeah, so Liliana is a Black-aligned planeswalker who can be described as a tall woman with dark hair dressed in dark purple and black robes. She has this very distinguishable golden headpiece, and she appears to be in her 20s or 30s, when in reality she's like over 200 years old. Her powers specialize in necromancy. She can reanimate the dead. And when she does, her arms light up with these purple tattoos that Harless mentioned earlier. And she tends to consort with the darker side of the multiverse because of it. So she fits right at home with the monsters of Innistrad and the power-hungry villains like Nicole Bolas. She's had a complicated history with many of our planeswalkers, including Chandra. I mean, not too long ago, she sided with Nicole Bolas in the War of the Spark. But ultimately, Liliana, although she can sometimes come off as maybe a little bit egocentric or even narcissistic. Or confident, depending on your perspective. I got to respect a lady that can just hold her own anywhere she goes. That's very fair. That's fair. Liliana actually has a very steadfast loyalty to her friends and wants to do good. And that tends to outshine her darker side. Long story short, not many know Liliana is still alive. She's been under many different disguises and names recently. But against the Phyrexians, Liliana is firmly on the side of her planeswalker allies. Hence, why she's offering Chandra, Ren, and Vivian a safe house of sorts while they wait for the news to come back from New Phyrexia. Through Chandra's thoughts, we come to realize that she, Ren, Vivian, and Liliana have been waiting for two weeks to give their Planeswalker allies a chance to come back with any news. If it's bad news, Chandra's prepared for a fight. If they don't come back at all, Chandra and the other three Planeswalkers are to assume everyone is dead or gone, and they will rally the rest of the multiverse to fight. Now, Liliana is kind of driving Chandra up a wall. She hates waiting as much as Chandra does. And I'll quote here. They don't talk about it because talking about it is like tearing open a wound. But it's something they've sensed about each other. When Chandra returns in the afternoons after her talks with Ren, Liliana's often got a story ready for her. Sometimes it's quiet company. She'll sit there reading some ancient tome or reviewing plans for the renovation while Chandra waits. How can she even focus on something like that right now? Everyone's trying to be normal, but nothing's normal, and no one wants to talk about it. So clearly, Chandra and Liliana both have very strong personalities. And when cooped up in the same room together, maybe that's not necessarily a good thing. They more butt heads than they do support each other. It's almost like they're foils, perfect at getting under each other's skin. But for the time being, they're friends, they're allies. Chandra waits and ruminates on all that they've lost so far. News of what we saw last season has yet to reach Chandra's ears, but even the events before that haunt her. Tamio, Ajani, everything at Urza's tower. And then the thing Chandra has avoided pondering for too long. The fate of Nyssa weighs heavy on Chandra's conscience. She barely mentions her name in her thoughts, and Chandra immediately can't dwell on it, the pain too fierce. So, instead... She decides to pass her time with Ren and Seven. She's teaching Ren how to harness the fire within her. Ren has a type of fire core that is the essence of her magic, not unlike Chandra's own fire abilities. I love that in this moment, Chandra is channeling the wise patience of Jaya's teachings, how to breathe and tame the fire within. 
Let it retreat and respond to your will, controlling your own emotions through your breathing. And Bryn is pretty good at it, but Chandra remarks inwardly that she's not as good of a teacher as Jaya was. And it's this wistful, beautiful moment where Chandra sincerely misses Jaya, but honors her in the best way by passing on her knowledge. And I quote, Jaya left her with so many lessons. Chandra's not sure she's internalized all of them. How can she pass all of that on to Ren? Someone else would be better at this. Someone older. Someone, someone like a Johnny. But immediately, just like Nissa, Chandra doesn't let herself think on that for too long. The pain is just too fierce. And so I just relate so much to Chandra in this moment. And it's so clear that just by the way Chandra is thinking about everything that's happened, it's clear there's some trauma going on with our planeswalkers and with Chandra. And it's it's highlighting how life-changing these events are and how high the stakes are this time around because many of our planeswalkers, Chandra included, haven't gone through something like this before. And Chandra's personality is just so brave. She's going to never show it on the surface, but she is processing the pain of just tremendous loss. And sometimes it's just too much for her. The denial is all too real. And it's in many of our planeswalkers. And I think, in fact, the entire multiverse is probably going through this type of denial. And they're all, including me, I'm going to have to confront that. Like, I have been in denial. I've said it many times on this podcast over what has happened to our planeswalkers. I don't want to internalize it. I don't want to believe it. But we're going to have to start confronting all that we have truly lost so far. And so anyway, I just related to Chandra in this moment because I think like her, I'm on the same wavelengths. Well, I really related to her in this instance because of what she's doing with Ren and Seven. Yeah. Because I know that for me personally, like there's this like concept in writing called personal to universal, right? And it's where the more personal you write about a time, the more universally understood and um, like the more, the easier it is to relate to, I think is the best way to say it. And so I think for a lot of people reading this passage, it brings up those feelings of having lost someone who did impart wisdom in you, especially like, you know, Jaya was kind of a grandmother figure to her. And I know for me, like losing my grandfather, um, a lot of it was immediately like, how am I going to remember all of these amazing lessons that I've I've been taught? And so I think it's just such a relatable moment here where she's being really real and vulnerable. So a warhorn cuts through Chandra's thoughts and her lesson with Rin in the woods comes to an end. This warhorn announces Tyvar Kell's return and Chandra recognizes the sound immediately. She rushes back toward Liliana's manor house, sends a flare message into the sky for Vivian, who's gone scouting in the woods, and Chandra actually hesitates on the threshold. She listens to the voices of those who returned, and she only hears three voices, and none of them are Nyssa. And Chandra describes this as another cut. <laughs> Just, like, heart stab. Just, oh, I can't, like, I... I put myself in the shoes of Chandra right then of just waiting to hear if Nyssa returned and she didn't. And it's just, oh, it must be such a torn feeling over that someone's returned, but it's not the one you were hoping for. Oh, it's just, oh, I like I I got a little bit teary eyed (laughs) reading that. I did, too. And it, it is it's just one of those. It's another one of those moments where you're like, of course, she's hesitating on the threshold. Once she walks through that door. It's, it's all real. real. Yeah. 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 So she does finally step into the house in the midst of the conversations. 
She sees Kaya, Ty Varkel, and Kaido. They tell her that they have just barely escaped Elishorn's grasp and have planeswalked back here as soon as they could, and they are rapidly getting Liliana and everyone else up to speed. So Kaya, Kaito, and Tyvar all take turns, sometimes even talking over one another, in their haste to get the whole story out. They begin with talking about Realmbreaker, how Elish Norn has breached multiple planes. Tyvar, once again, is just absolutely distraught at Norn's twisted mockery of the world tree. They're using it to invade other planes. Kaya can't stand sitting anymore. She's up and pacing, moving whole armies, weapons like we've never seen before. There's almost no one left on New Phyrexia but those machine nightmares. Soon they're going to be everywhere, and Chandra just babbles a response that it can't be over yet. There are still those who can fight back. They can still take on Elish Norn and bring her down. To which Kaya responds, no, we can't. From there, Chandra is starting to get suspicious that things are far more dire than she initially realized. She asks Kaya how Norn is controlling the Realm Breaker, who wields it, and she forces Kaya to admit the unutterable truth to Chandra. They got Nessa. And just like that, Chandra forgets how to breathe. She sputters. She knew. On some level, she knew when Nessa wasn't with the group, but she can't even finish that thought. Again, heart stab. <laughs> Before Chandra can respond to this, the door opens and Vivian walks in. She immediately notices Jace is missing from the returning group. I mean, out of anyone returning from New Phyrexia, it should have been Jace, right? Their leader? Fashionably late, I imagine, says Liliana, with almost this air of nonchalance. I mean, after all, it's Jace. It's what I thought, too, at first, that nothing bad could ever happen to Jace. He'll be here any moment, Liliana goes on. Kaya continues to convey the painful truth. No, he won't, she says. And still, Liliana brushes it off at first, declaring, don't be ridiculous. Tyvar murmurs to the room, almost like a farewell. He fought valiantly, but those beasts, and Kaido even cuts in with, bravery doesn't matter much when your opponent never tires, never errs, or when you're that far gone. And Liliana just still can't grasp it. She says, that doesn't make any sense. All of this nonsense was his idea. He wouldn't just fail. He doesn't do that. And the survivors reveal that Jace had turned into a Phyrexian by the end. That even Elspeth didn't make it. That she was gone. She's missing. This is when Liliana and the others finally seem to grasp the gravity of their situation. And they've already lost. Or so it seems that way. The air in the safe room's gone cold. Jace and Nyssa are both gone. Nahiri, too. Even Elspeth couldn't make it out in the end. Out of everyone they sent, only four returned. And of the four, only three were here. Everything they feared is coming true. The Phyrexian invasion is underway. Vivian settles onto the floor with them, having lost her proud bearing in face of the news. With this weighing on everyone, Liliana suddenly declares she's going to Strixhaven, just abandoning them all here and returning to her school. Before she complains walk away, Chandra jumps in. What if there's a way we can help the others? She implores. Chandra's heard people say Liliana's all sharp edges and ambition. That's true, but it's also true that at certain angles, those give way. The tilts of Liliana's head now is anything but sharp. The ambition in her eyes has changed to a deep sympathy. You want to go back there yourself, don't you? All eyes fall on Chandra. She's keenly aware of the way they're looking at her, what they must be thinking. Of course she does. She's impulsive. 
Chandra can hear the lecture starting and she's already tired of them. She's tired of sitting around waiting for the world to end. Yeah, yeah, I do, she says. There must be some other way to take the world tree down. You're all acting like it's over. And as soon as she says it, it's like Chandra's heels dig in and she's decided she is going back to New Phyrexia, period. Even when her friends all try to talk sense into her, declaring it's too dangerous, that it's basically a suicide mission, there's nothing for it. Chandra knows what she has to do. She and Kaya actually get into a little bit of a verbal quarrel over it. Kaya is trying to be practical, as she so often is, but Chandra's ambitions cannot be swayed. There's a moment during this quarrel between Chandra and Kaya that Chandra turns to her and says, you're treating me like a kid. But Kaya is just trying to convey how astronomic the odds are that Phyrexians are a serious threat, the likes of which our planeswalkers have never seen before. One Kaya isn't sure Chandra fully comprehends. But Chandra is Chandra, and she's steadfast in her goal to return to New Phyrexia and save this, to turn the plan around, to save Nyssa, let's be real, to destroy the Realmbreaker, to take down Elish Norn. She sincerely believes it's possible. And to be honest, who among us wouldn't do this to save the ones that we love? Tyvar, Kaido, Vivian, and Kaya, none of them agree with Chandra, though. They claim it's a waste of resources and time to try and go back and finish a job the others couldn't achieve even when they planned for it. Chandra takes a breath. She feels like she's going to explode. This is the most obvious thing in the world, and they either can't or won't see it. What about the people stuck on New Phyrexia? Are we just going to leave them there? No one wants to answer it. Not directly. The silence that comes over the safe house then is nothing but another form of waiting. And Chandra hates it as much as she hates this whole situation. If she could burn everything down right now, if she could find a new start in the flames, then she would. Standing here is making her soul itch. Tell me, are we abandoning them? Oof, that's a brutal truth. I mean, planeswalkers are inherently heroes. They want to go in and save people. And all of them silently admitting to themselves that there's nothing they can do for Malira and the rest of the Resistance... That is a harsh blow. Finally, Liliana is the one to intervene, saying the one thing that seems to crack Chandra open. Liliana says, she'd want you to stay safe, wouldn't she? And Liliana is referring to Nyssa here. Why'd she have to say that? Chandra had been trying so hard not to think about it, trying to keep her imagination at bay, but Liliana's cut it loose. It's as easy to imagine Nyssa here as it is to call fire. Chandra can see it so clearly determination written on Nissa's face, her eyes gone canopy green, the angle of her ears. She can feel Nissa's hand on her shoulder. She can smell moss and pine. She can hear the words, even if she doesn't want to imagine them. It hurts. Gods, it hurts. She feels like she's bleeding out in front of every single one of them, and not a one is offering for any help at all. Chandra takes another breath. Air, she thinks. Just keep breathing. Oh, that's so relatable. Chandra, I just, when you know something needs to be done and someone is holding you back from doing it, it is the most frustrating thing. And when she says it feels like her soul is itching because she's having to stand there. I just really felt that. Yeah. When reading it, my favorite part was it hurts. Gods, it hurts. I just, I just related to that so much because that is a very... That is Chandra being so vulnerable in that yeah. moment. When, when it's Chandra, she would never, like, she would never show that. She would never admit to that ever. But 
because we get behind her perspective. It was just my heart went out to her. But even still, while the others go on and honor Nyssa and the others' memories, Chandra refuses to believe Nyssa is lost. Ultimately, it's like something has fissured in Chandra and there's a resoluteness now, almost a blind rage in her voice when she says, I'm leaving. And there's one last confrontation with Liliana before Chandra walks out into the woods. Liliana calls what Chandra is doing, running away. But of course, Chandra doesn't see it that way. And just like that, Liliana planes walks away in a flash of inky vapor, disappearing for Strixhaven like she said she would. Chandra then walks into the woods to clear her head. She stops before a gnarled tree, totally alone, and remarks to herself, going to New Phyrexia is the right thing to do, but she is afraid. It'll be fine. She just needs a second to build up to it, and maybe a second to cry before she planeswalks right into the mouth of an evil empire defended by the people who were once her closest friends, people she depended on to take that empire down. They couldn't do it, and now she's going off to do it alone. Okay, Chandra is crying. Oh, I know. It's so sad. She's she's beholden to her own morality right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> to see to see her spend a moment to cry against a tree just speaks all that it needs to, I think. So in the middle of her crying in the woods, Rin approaches her, thinking that the dryad is here to talk sense into her or try to convince her not to go. Instead, Rin says the opposite. Rin was listening to the argument Chandra just had with the others, and she thinks that Chandra made perfect sense, that her plan is valid and that it's worth a try. She says she wants to help. What's more is that Ren is very sure she knows where Teferi is and that he could potentially help them. How? Well, Ren speaks in riddles a lot, so it's not fully clear, just that Teferi has, quote, gotten himself caught in a tangle again, meaning a tangle in time, how Ren, Seven, and Teferi all had first met. And there's a touching moment here where Ren reaches out to Seven's bark and remarks that Seven though they will help, cannot be the drive that achieves their goal. It will have to be the fire, Ren says. And I quote for you here. The most important thing about dealing with fire, Jaya had always said, is knowing that it's dealing with you. You can guide it. You can make suggestions. You can give it a safe place to be. But in the end, it's always going to do what it wants. And what it wants changes from second to second. You have to be in conversation with it if you mean to get anywhere and if you want to keep your friends safe. It's the exact opposite of dealing with trees. Chandra had tried to help Ren figure things out the way Nyssa had helped her. But teaching's a lot harder than listening and Ren's fire isn't any normal flame. That she's standing here at all is a testament to her strength. If she's really going to set it loose, then the world tree might just be the only thing that can handle it. You're sure? I am, she says. The others were wrong. That tree is alive. I can hear his song from here. It's distant, but pained. A howl without melody. He needs help, just as Teferi and the others do. If I were to ignore it, what sort of hero would I be? My own fright has little to do with it. Oh, snap. So Tyvar is wrong? He said the Realm Breaker wasn't alive. It was just a twisted mockery of the World Tree. But Ren is saying she can hear its song. 
I mean, if Nyssa can wield it, it must be alive to some degree, right? Like it did grow after all. I mean, we saw it as this little sapling when we were on Dominaria. And then last season, it was so big that the planeswalkers could actually walk into the tree and its branches held invasion ships. So it grew, right? It's this like really alive feeling thing. And now here we have, we have proof that it is. So I suppose it would be alive with all of that. Right. I, I just never thought of it. So that's that's really interesting. That is really, really interesting. Chandra and Bren and Seven head out after that. They begin their journey back to New Phyrexia. They don't see that someone or something is watching them. And we as readers do not know who this mystery person is either. It's just described as someone. And this someone watches Chandra and Ren and Seven with familiarity. Like they recognize this song. Over and over they try and remember and yet the words flit away. Only the melody remains, a lament for what is to come, a Dolores anthem. Songs, huh? Sounds an awful lot like how Ren thinks. So this quote-unquote someone remarks they are not alone, that there are others too, quote, seeing and yet unseen. The watcher asks what they're supposed to be seeing, why they're here. And the episode ends with their response. We are here to witness the beginning of the end. Ominous. Very not ominous. All. Yeah, like not. <laughs> like who is this someone? <laughs> right. We have no idea who this, who, what this, this watcher is. As if it wasn't hard enough that Chandra is going after this person she cares for deeply that has been Phyrexianized, as well as all of her other friends who have been Phyrexianized. Now there's someone just casually watching her as like as if things couldn't get any worse. And here we are with another surprise. I gosh, I my mind went to so many questions about this episode right there at the end. Who is this someone? It also says, quote, beginning of the end. So the end of what? The Yeah, I, I can't help but think that this is this is the beginning of literally the end of the multiverse. I'm like, I like that was very ominous to end on. So my mind went off on all sorts of directions. And the Realm Breaker is alive. What does that mean? That we, we discovered that, that Ren can hear his song that of Realm Breaker and it's calling out to her? In pain and that it's calling out in pain. Like that is so sad. And of course, it's really interesting because Chandra and Ren and Seven are going for very different reasons. But they're also going for the same reason. They're just going to they're going there to save someone. They're going there to save what couldn't be done before. And so yeah. it makes me wonder, is there hope for Nyssa and the others? Chandra sure seems to think so. And now Renan Seven is convinced that things can be saved if the Realm Breaker is alive. Maybe it's not as bleak as we think it is. And maybe there is some hope that Chandra and Renan Seven could potentially find you know, I'm I'm scared for them to go back to New Phyrexia, but maybe they'll triumph where the others didn't. I've got to say, though, Chandra's feelings about wanting to go after Nyssa are not any different from Jace's feelings for wanting to go after Vraska. Oh, that's so true. And look how that ended. Yeah. So I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And also, plot twist. Ren knows where Teferi is caught in that right? time tangle where when, when we had seen at the very end of season three, where he kind of went back to Zalfir. 
So Ren yeah. somehow knows all this and knows how to find him. I am so intrigued and so full of questions. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Holding Your Breath, episode two of the main story of March of the Machine. There are many more episodes to come in this season, so stay tuned. As always, you can read this story and so much more at mtgstory.com. If you like this episode of the podcast, please rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It just helps us out so much. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Have Have a magical magical day. day!